What's up, everybody? How are you doing? How's it going? Welcome to Browner and Lawhead. I'm John Browner, as always, joined by Jason Lawhead. Hey, everybody. Who was under the weather yesterday, survived his performance, Mm -hmm. came out, pitched his six innings. What's up, Jason? How are you feeling? You know, it was more of like uh, I kind of was suffering from a couple of night bad nights of sleep more than anything. Sometimes I battle insomnia. So, um, but last night I got a nice, a good sound, early night, calm night sleep. So I feel great. I feel it's a hundred percent different. So, um, I have yeah. an interesting, I have an interesting question. I want to ask you about that. But mm-hmm. before we do that, everybody, as always, you're listening to Browner and Lawhead here on the Mightier 1090 ESPN, John Browner, Jason Lawhead, everything you hear today on the show that is Monday through Wednesday, six to 7 PM. You can hear again through subscribing and sharing on YouTube and the iTunes podcast store because you know the news. We have fun with the facts. And when we're talking about insomnia, Jason, what's the thing that you think causes it the most? Like, how do you, how do you? Overactive brain, overthinking. At least I think, I think that's mine. I mean, who knows why other people, I, you know, I guess it's kind of a mysterious um, oftentimes for, even some really good doctors that study is oftentimes it's uh, it kind of has some mystery to it. Um, but I think it spikes in just, you know, uh, stressful situations or in anxiety type of, you know, ex- expectations. So I think sometimes when I, whatever mood I'm in, sometimes it gets worse. Um, I, but I don't know. Yeah. So I, I've I had a few days where it was kind of like just, uh, yanking on me and there'll be nights where i'm totally tired and i'll be hearing the sun come up even with my eyes closed you know birds and stuff because haven't slept a wink it uh i think the padres are starting to do that to people i think they're giving some owners insomnia i really I, i really do not to belittle the issue or make fun of the issue i'm offended Sleep, listen, people are very easily offended. I'm offended. This is a crippling, crippling. I didn't know. I'm kidding. (laughs) On today's show, on today's show, we're going to talk about why Peter Seidler is keeping other owners awake at night. We're going to break down why we were right about the All-Star game. And we now have the numbers to prove it. And could the MLS be coming to San Diego? Huh? And... A tragic, what I believe to be the end of the Lonzo Ball story mm. that we will mm. uh, get into uh, more toward the end of the show if we have time. There, <clears throat> baseball is a funny sport, right? So baseball is forming a, let me get this right because I wrote it down, an economic reform committee. Because there is now an issue with what Steve Cohen is doing in New York and what Peter Seiler is doing in San Diego of spending. And so now these yahoos, these flat wallets, want to come out and basically start a salary cap in baseball. I want to I share something with you guys that some of you may experience, because this is not just a rich person thing, I, and, and we'll, I'll be interested to see if Jason can uh, relate to this in his career. Change. Change creates enemies because your change, your rise, your success is not a reflection on you 
It's a reflection on the people who do not like your success. Because they then have to question what they're doing, where they're going, and why they aren't becoming as successful as you. And I format in this way. The Major League Baseball owners, the Pittsburghs, the Miamis, the Tampas, the, 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 the Colorados, these teams, the Kansas Cities, these teams, the, the, they, they have found themselves in a situation where they now look at what San Diego's doing. And now their fan base is looking at them and going, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. You guys have been telling us that's a small market team since it's, since it's exception. The lie that this is a small market team has now been exposed by their owner. So I'm Cincinnati. I'm looking at San Diego and I'm going, where the hell is that? What's that? How could they spend all that money? We're Cincinnati. We don't got no money. We Kansas City. We don't got no money. We're the Chicago Cubs. We don't have no money. How can they outspend us if we're the White Sox? How can they outspend us? How? 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 Because your owner is cheap. There are no poor people. There are no poor owners, okay? Let's just get a couple of things off the table. No, not anymore there isn't. There are no poor owners in sports. It doesn't exist because if they were, if there was a poor owner in any of the four major sports, they would sell that team for a billion dollars. Exactly right. They and would. the mo- and the modern owner, the guy heading up the ownership group, whatever it is, they've gotten to where they are because they've always figured out how to get the money. Whatever they've needed, whatever investment they've needed to make, whatever business deal they've ever needed to make, whatever they've always needed to do, they've known how to get the money to get it, to get it to where it needs to go, to get it, to get it to come back. And there's no doubt. And, you know, it's funny because... You know, these markets, all of them, especially the ones now crying foul, you know, um, let the Yankees and one or two other teams, Boston, uh, the Dodgers, they let them just belittle them into spending for decades when they were the sole ones before any of the rule changes with the play-in team. And, you know, it, it obviously created situations where teams could hold on to guys and not have to trade them at the deadline because they were mathematically eliminated. And, um, you know, so it balanced a little bit of some type of, you know, chances for the Royals to get in there and mix it up for a couple of years, the Indians to be in there and mix it up for a few years. Um, But by large in part, like, yes, it's a myth. Go spend the money. You know, yeah, we hear about all of that, but like, the Rangers back in the day were the first ones to blow the roof off. Seattle has gone and spent money at times where they've thrown it around. The Angels, don't tell me you can't go spend money. You can go spend money. So if 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 you've let this creature get away from you as far as it's gotten away, which is the the, the major league salary, the no salary cap, you've let that th- – those tires spin off off the rails. Guess what? You ain't going to be able to harness that in. It's like, go spend the money. You've got it. Figure out a way to go get it because that's where you got getting here and get it to the guys that you know can make a difference and you'll get it in return. 
Because one of the things that bothers me about this this argument, because I believe there's one of two things that are happening here. Either one, the owners are clearly trying to use this as a profit source because it's it's a guaranteed profit source, or there are not enough good players. And that second part just ain't true. Because if there's not enough good players, you know what you need to do? Dissolve some of these teams. And that's not going to happen. Because if there's not enough good players, that means you got too many teams for your particular sport. Right. And right. I find it very funny that if the Kansas City Royals can compete every four years, if the if the Miami Marlins can compete every four years, if the Tampa Bay Reds can compete every four years, it's not a matter of talent. Why can't those teams keep those guys? Why can't they cut the checks for these guys? The Kansas City Royals had one of the most dominant pitching runs any history of sports to a championship. And they just let those guys walk. Mm-hmm. They let them all walk. The Marlins have won multiple championships after taking a year off, two years off, going into the toilet, coming out of nowhere a couple of times and winning the World Series. And what do they do with those players? They let them walk. Mm-hmm. So you cannot tell me that now you need to form a, and let me go back to the paper, an economic reform committee to, you know, cap the spending because you don't want another Steve Cohen to come in and or, 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 or Peter Seiler come in and start spending money in these markets. It's ridiculous. The, sal- the salary cap won't help you. The NBA has a salary cap. Here's some fun for you. The Wizards, the Kings, the Clippers, the Hornets, the Pelicans, the Nets, and then the Knicks have won what in the last 25 years? Have won what? Yeah, right. That's a salary cap there. Plenty of good players to go around in the NBA. There's your salary cap working right there full speed ahead. They're bad owners. They are bad owners. The Golden State Warriors had a bad owner. They had a new group take over. Look at what they've done. Look at what they've done. The Clippers were a laughing stock. They had a new owner come in. Look at the difference the owner makes. The Phoenix Suns has a new owner in a day and traded for arguably the best player in the league. So this idea that these guys, either they don't have the, they don't want to spend the money. They don't have the money or the player. There are not enough players to go around. Two of those three are myths. Cause they got the money. Here's the thing. They have the money. They always have what their, what their biggest worry is, is spending the money. And deep down, like what you said is, you know, you made an interesting point about if the if the league's watered down, then then you need to get rid of some teams, and maybe that's at the owner's sake. Maybe the point is is a lot of these guys really know they don't know how to spend that money. Correct. They're gonna be exposed once they throw out the contracts they throw out. They don't know how to take money, be creative, look at positions, look at guys where they fill needs, talk to their front office, have baseball men with, with you know, stable people in front office and, and dugout leadership roles where, you know, they, so they're, they're just cashing the checks because deep down they know they don't even know how to spend this money if they wanted to go spend it. Right, right. Because there are a lot of teams, Jerry Reinsdorf, and I, I, I have a very close understanding of this because uh, he owns the Chicago Bulls and the Chicago White Sox. Right. Two teams I have deeply rooted for in my life. 
How old's that guy by now? He's not old, old enough because he's still alive. <laughs> okay? Not, not old, old enough. enough. Jerry Ray, you talk and I'm going to look him up. Jerry Reinsdorf has publicly said on multiple occasions, winning isn't everything. The, the, gay, the, the job is to make profit. This is the same man who ran Michael Jordan out of Chicago. This is the same man who literally spends little to no money on the White Sox. The only reason why he spends money on the Bulls is because the NBA basically makes you spend money on your guys when they're actually good. That's it. That's the only reason why he pays who he pays for the Chicago Bulls. Because the Chicago White Sox have had very good players in their teams. And for whatever reason, you can pick and match. He's chosen to let that guy go for reasons that people on the South Side who are diehard fans to this day cannot explain to you. People like Jerry Reinsdorf, and I'm pretty sure he's one of these economic reform committee folks. They're bad for the sport. These old people like Jerry Reinsdorf, who have all this money and won't will not spend it on the team, even though at every example you can see of guys spending, the fans come. The excitement rises. The revenue goes up. But for whatever reason, they would rather do the easy thing. Because you're right, Jason, spending the money and missing, swinging and missing on one of these guys. Like what the, like what the Angels did with Albert Pujols. That's a massive swing and a miss. It just is. But what they did with Mike Trout wasn't. Right. What they did with Randone might be. Right, but this, but the but the reverb from decisions they made in the pool holes Hamilton era. Yes. And with some of the pitcher contracts and where they so the reverb is, yeah, you get your hands on trout, you make a really good buy there, but what's around it? What do we what 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 what's the collateral damage here that surrounds him and how fast can we sweep this? broken glass up so trout's on a winner right like because you know the more these, these angels keep going 81 and 81 or 79 and 83 or whatever it is the longer trout gets away from playing in playoff games and and that i mean good guy you imagine having a, that lifetime of a contract from trout getting all the product productivity that you see and expect over the life of the contract and the guy never plays a playoff game not a one <laughs> not a one. Oh, i kill you I just, I, I find myself in this position when I read about this economic reform committee and I'm going, look, man, the salary cap won't help you hide if you're a bad mm -hmm. owner. The salary yeah. cap won't help you hide if you're a bad organization. It's just going to make you look worse. Having a salary cap makes you look worse because now we're forcing you to spend an X amount of dollars. And I think baseball already has a floor, but they're forcing you to spend this money and restricting other guys from spending that money. And by the way, good organizations, the salary cap really doesn't stop them. It hasn't stopped the Warriors. They go, how much is it? Okay, here's a check, because we'll take the trophy. The Yankees have been spending more than anybody in anything. Since the beginning of dawn. And they haven't, they've won one, they're on their longest 20-year drought in since, the, since Ruth arrived. So they're in their longest 20-year run with one title in 2009. I mean, the Yankees, uh, so you can spend, you don't even have to spend like the Yankees and you can win because it's proven that other teams can spend 
And even if you spend like the Yankees every year, that world title can be so elusive. I mean, look at the Dodgers. Look at the Dodgers. The Dodgers spend tons of money. Look at what they're getting for it. They got lots a, of lots of exits. A bubble, a bubble title, chip. babies. Basically, a bubble chip ever yep. since '88. Yeah, they got the they got the bubble chip. So it, it doesn't necessarily matter how much money you are spending. The winning and organizational building are far more important. I think that's where a lot of these these bottom feeders fall short. Because if you live in Pittsburgh, don't tell me Pittsburgh doesn't have the money to support a team. That ballpark is awesome. And those fans, by the way, this is not a knock on anybody's fans. Other than St. Louis, I hate their fans. They're fat, they're ugly, and most of them are poor. <laughs> outside of that, outside of that, these are great fan bases who will show up if you give them something to show up for. The Pittsburgh Steelers sell that building out every single time because they give their fans something to show up for. Those are the same people. It's not like, okay, you could only be a Steelers fan and you can't be a Pirates fan. They put the damn buildings right next to each other so you yeah. can know where to find them both. It makes no sense to me. It makes no sense to me. You didn't know I hated the Kansas City, the, the St. Louis fan base? No. Oh, with a, well, with a passion. Hate them all. Hate them all. Oh, it disgusts me. Wow. It disgusts me. They're other a, than, other than historically Nelly. known for being, you know, one of the best baseball cities ever. They got the they got the ugliest women. And some ugly, ugly women. Some ugly know. women, man. Ugly women in St. Louis, boy. I tell you. <laughs> Oof. Hey, listen, my my career ever takes yeah. off. I'm never landing it in St. in St. Louis. Gonna, I tell you I'm that. gonna I'm gonna clip this, make a reel, and just hashtag St. Louis, St. Louis women, right? St. Louis fans, and see do how, it. See Please it, do it. See how it goes. Please do it, all of them, the whole county. I don't even know what they call that county. It ain't called. It's called something else. Not St. Louis or whatever. St. Louis is the city, the major county in St. Louis. All y'all, gross. <laughs> Google me. I don't care. I don't care. I I just I just I want more. I I want more from the baseball owners. I really do. I literally I want more from them because if you have the luxury of owning one of these teams. It is your responsibility to do the best that you can with what you have. Now, obviously, the Yankees have more because they generate more. But if you're if you're Cincinnati, where their owner literally said, hey, man, I ain't spending no money. I don't care. What, what y'all going to do? If you're this clown, then look, bro, you ain't got to spend like them. But you can org you can set your organization up so that your farm system can build up. And as you come through, you then keep those homegrown players. Now, that may take four or five years as a process, but you will have those same players for a decade. Cleveland's you know, done a nice job at that. I'm very proud to say. Cleveland you know, is a Cleveland is a great example yeah, of that. They've done a great job. And then they've decided we're going to throw the money at Ramirez with what we had, you know, Beaver. And so uh, they don't spend a ton, but because they scout really well, they have great good stability in the front office and in the dugout with Terry, Terry Francona. Um and, you know, they've been able to lock down a couple of young guys. They'll go out and throw a few bucks here and there at some people that, that are roaming around to make a division winner uh, maybe a bit better. Um, so, and and you're right. Cultivate them and then go spend. Yeah. Throw some money the, in the right places. But like I said earlier, a lot of these guys don't have the first clue where to, where to start spending it. Like Cleveland's great at it. By the way, Atlanta, because I want to give the teams Atlanta. that are doing this their props. 
Atlanta it does a fantastic job of yep. finding young talent, grooming that young talent, mm-hmm. cultivating it, signing it, and the players who they feel like, uh, I don't know, they just let those go. Like yep. Crybaby Freddie Freeman. They let those guys go. Mm-hmm. So it those are those opportunities are out there, but there are more Oakland's and and Pittsburgh's and Cincinnati's than there are Atlanta's and Cleveland's, mm-hmm. and that's the and that's the problem. That is the problem with the game of baseball, and it has literally deflated more than half the more than half the fan bases in baseball will start the season knowing they have no chance of winning anything. Zero no nada. They know. Yeah. They know, like the fans in Cincinnati aren't excited about spring training or Cactus League if they still have that. They don't care. But you better be excited for us because we're coming back after this commercial break. Brown and Lawhead, Mightier 1090, ESPN. And when we come back, woo, we was right about the All Star game and we're going to do a whole lot mm-hmm. of I told you so. What's up, everybody? You guys just missed one of the most profane conversations <laughs> Jason and I have ever had about Jerry Reinsdorf and the state of. of uh, finances for professional sports. That's I'm great. John Browner, joined by Jason Lawhead. This is Browner and Lawhead here on the Mightier 1090 ESPN. We had a great conversation about what the Economic Reform Committee actually means in Major League Baseball as they attempt to attack Peter Seiler and Steve Cohen for, I don't know, caring about the product that they put on the field. Uh, everything that you would like to hear or have missed, you can always head over to the iTunes podcast store and over to YouTube under Kaplan and crew. Like, share, and subscribe to the show to catch up on what you missed. But if you're in your car and you're driving, don't do that. Just keep listening. Monday through Wednesday, 6 to 7 p.m. It is Wednesday. It is our Friday as we continue to break down and maneuver some of the things that have happened in sports. We had a very interesting discussion slightly at the end of yesterday's show about the NBA All-Star Game because we like to kind of, I mean, I'm a number. I hate the numbers to a certain extent. But some numbers I enjoy. Ratings are something that I enjoy because ratings oftentimes reflects the image of what you're actually seeing of how many people are watching it. Record number of people watched the Super Bowl. Like, hey, listen, this was the highest viewed thing ever in the history of things. The NFL does that with the Super Bowl. The NBA All-Star Game had the lowest rating in the history of it since it has been on television. The NBA All-Star Weekend Equally, by the way, so so much for that. Mac McClunk saved the dunk contest, had the lowest rating ever of the weekend, hands down. So they're gonna there's gonna be a large group of people, and I and I'm prepared to fight those people because I will, who will say this is a response to the NBA being woke and players, you know, taking a stance on politics and social causes and blah 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 blah. I will fight that wind all day. I think that what happened with this all-star game is that when people tuned into it, it took them 45 minutes to to pick teams. And then after 45 minutes of picking teams, they gave you a half-hour concert of a guy who I would say 60% of the NBA fan base never heard of. I, I don't know Post Malone's music, and I listen to all types of music. I don't know who Post Malone is. It's more sad music than it's happy music. So for you to then not roll out an ensemble of people and just give me Post Malone in Utah, a bunch of people probably checked out before it even began. And they lost a lot of people before the tip. And then you actually started the game, and then you got what you got. So the 2.2, hopefully, old egghead over there, uh, uh, the commissioner, Adam Silver, will start to listen to the fans 
and stop listening to the players on certain parts of certain things. Jason, what do you think about this low rating other than what we talked a little? We talked about it yesterday. Well, here's the problem. The All-Star game is, first off, it is it is what it is visually. And secondly, it's lost its luster over time, in my opinion, due to the fact, and we see it here even at the trade deadline constantly, the trade deadline lately, let alone these four-year contracts, two-year opt-outs, five-year contracts, three-year opt-outs, all this shuffling, I demand a trade, I want to be traded here. All of this stuff in the last handfuls to 10 years, and especially in the last five to six, is just an accelerated rate. You know, we're the regular season, it's, it's hard to pick and find really entertaining games along the way with whoever's load managing or whatever matchup is here or whoever's not going to play or whatever two teams are both playing well at the time with everybody on the floor. And it's, you know, so a lot of times, uh, even in the regular, you know, so these basically what I'm saying is, is there's all-star games with the way these guys shuffle around and the way they miss games and, throughout mixed out throughout the regular season that's kind of what you're watching and after the trade deadline you're kind of like okay whose teams are what who's on what what teams are you know these are the teams now that are going to finish in the last couple of weeks and it's so close to the playoffs nobody cares get us to the playoffs i mean we we want it we want the playoffs we want the playoffs. We haven't really been excited as a fan base since the first month, month and a half of the season because it's out. It's out of the gate. You know, you're watching your team. You're getting a feel for who's doing what. Like, And then it just goes into this, like, just dead winter. And all these guys take time off, and there isn't very many good matchups, and they're mm-hmm. here and there. And it's – then you see somebody's final scores. You look at you know, What? Those guys beat Milwaukee. What? They scored 150. What? Huh? And, and then you kind of figure, and then now we're here. And who cares? The All-Star game is like, like I said, unless you're going to change it to first to 100, where these guys just actually come out and play every possession and value it because they know what it takes to stop somebody at 98 before you get to 100. Um, I'd love to see that, but other than that. I think I think that I think they should literally just get rid of the game totally. And I, I honestly believe that. I think if you are trying to if you're trying to cut back on a lot of things that Adam Silver talked about, because I'm trying to I'm trying to find a real solution to a real problem, one being load management, right? So to guarantee you get the most out of guys down the stretch, you just give them a week off. Yes. And the guys who are actual all-stars, you donate a million dollars to the charity of their choice courtesy of the nba they've got 30 million laying around they can do the all cut all star down to 10 guys you donate 20 million dollars that way coaches don't have to travel to coach a game that they don't really want to do players don't really have to do whatever we just saw again okay you can have the saturday night and find a way to dress that up and you might even get some high profile players contributing more on these saturday night things if you eliminate the game the following day and therefore charities get Charities get looked out for. We still keep the Saturday night fun. You keep it fresh. You keep it energetic. And just have it in on that Saturday night. That way you might get a John Morant in the dunk contest. You might get a Donovan Mitchell. You might get some of the Jason Tatum in the three-point contest. 
you might get some of these guys. That's who, probably the only way they're going to ever save the one for the other. Get rid of the game and right. make entering those two contests something to be as a feel like you owned the weekend. Correct. Correct. And so the you could still have a all-star night MVP. That could still be the Kobe Bryant award. Like there, like there are ways that you can address the issues that the NBA has by eliminating the all-star game because mm -hmm. what you thought it was, it has now dissolved because the way that the players treat it. Because that's all the game will ever be is what players treat it. And I think that's been the more larger indictment of how bad that game was because that goes to show you the care that these guys have for the game. And yeah. I think that's the, that, that's the point that a bunch of people have missed that basketball people like me, they're like, why are people so upset about this? That's why. Because when you had guys like Kobe Bryant playing in this game, you had guys like Michael Jordan playing in this game, you had guys like Magic Johnson playing in this game. It was for real. You had these guys competing against each other. And it's not Team LeBron or Team... And they were Lakers for life. Celtics yes. for life. Bulls for life. Usually Nuggets. I mean, yeah, there was a couple of guys once in a while that would move around. I like mean, Charles Barkley. Barkley was one of the early ones to ever right. do that. I mean, he really was. I mean, a lot of guys were maybe played with other teams, but they were mixed in a trade before they became stars, and then they shot out, and that team made them a star, you know? Um, so... So there was all they were all star. These guys, like you look at some of them, and now they're not even East versus West. It's like so you right. won't even have two Lakers. So back in the day, you'd have the Western Conference All Stars, and maybe the Lakers dominated the team. They had four. The East might have had three Sixers, three Celtics, and and you kind of had like wow, those guys that play together on the same teams are on the floor at the same time with a couple. This isn't an All Star. This isn't an All Star game. It's a pickup game and. Like I said yesterday, you know, you know, it's just malpractice of the sport at the end of the day, defensively mm -hmm. and all these things. It'd be like, like I said, it'd be like watching the Major League All-Star game and there was a ball hit between short and third and neither guy even moved. They just like, <laughs> like, just like eh, eh, all right, yeah. You didn't, you didn't hit it directly to me. I can't yeah, all right, base hit, left field. Like, what? like right. no, like somebody make a play, like didn't even, eh, I ain't going for it. That that's what the NBA All Star Game has become, and so hopefully that the hopefully this is a wake up call to people who are in the NBA league office in New York who care about the direction of the game as opposed to just how what a mid season tournament would do. Which you know whatever I'm not even going to get into that. Um, San Diego has some news, hmm. believe it or not, with some some non Padre news. It appears as if. The MLS is coming to San Diego. Now, uh -oh. depending on who you are and what you think, mm -hmm. me personally, I think the MLS is a Ponzi scheme, but that's <clears> just that's just me. That's okay. just my what I every three or four years they add another half a billion dollars to the pot, keeps the league afloat until they can actually turn profit like the NBA, like the NFL, like Major League Baseball. I think Major League Soccer has a place in this country. I really do. I think that it can work. I think that it can pass hockey because I think that's the easiest thing to pass because I remember people saying NASCAR was going to pass hockey. How'd that go? I think that you can pass golf because Tiger Woods is no longer a fixture and golf is fighting amongst itself. Golf is at a civil war where it's fighting amongst itself. And now is the best time for Major League Soccer to find a way to get some of these people you see at the World Cup 
in some of our uniforms because I don't know any of these people in the MLS. I'm not a soccer guy. I don't follow soccer largely. If it came to San Diego, obviously I would cover it. I would follow it. I would get more into it. But outside of that, if the team was starting tomorrow, I guarantee you I couldn't tell you one person on it. And that's a problem because I'm an average person. You're going to get the soccer people because whenever there's a national soccer thing, San Diego's one of the highest viewed audiences. So you're going to get people watching it. But you got them. You need to get people like me. And you can't do that with a bunch of no names. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm sorry. I just want, I don't know. I mean, I know what MLS means, Major League mm-hmm. Soccer. Um, but I don't, I wouldn't know anybody that was on the teams. I, I don't know if, you know, I could ever really get it other than wishing them well. <laughs> I don't know if I could ever get around to just, you know, being a fan. I just, the sport just, it, you know, it is sometimes you just can't, you know, you can't like it all. Um, but I wish them well. I mean, you know, I'm more excited about how the San Diego State Aztecs men's basketball team is uh, finishing the season right now. But soccer, man. Let's talk about that for a second. Let's talk because <laughs> this discussion is going go to go far. Like, yeah. Something I know. Right. Uh, bring that up. <laughs> they're, they're kicking the ball. Uh, listen, I I watched uh, about five or six minutes last night in the San Diego mm-hmm. State game. That's a traditional San Diego State Steve Fisher team. I like I like the current guy head coach. I like Brian Dutcher. I don't think he's any you know I don't I don't have a problem with him. What I watching San Diego State and their brand of basketball reminds me a lot of their brand of football. Like you can win doing that with you know the teams you're against, but once they throw you in the big boy pool of the national tournament, the NCAA, the the the, the bracket mania. I don't see how far this team is going to go because hmm. uh, you could go and you could pick a team out of a hat in a tournament. And if they shoot 40% from three, they'd beat this team because they the physicality has to be at such a high level. And in college basketball, two fouls in the first half basically kills you for the first half. Getting in the penalty basically kills you in college basketball with some of your better players. So the idea that, a team that plays as physical as they do with the lack of three-point shooting that they have. And I think it made shots last night, but, and they stopped the other team from making shots, but the being able to do that against a team that's specifically designed to shoot threes with decent three-point shooters. I think they would give the, the, the Aztecs way too many problems. And, and as much as I want them to go far, I don't necessarily see how far they can go yeah. w- without literally catching on a heater. Well, you know, uh, college basketball is down this year. You know, there's it some is, good teams, man. but there's but college basketball is down this year, and I don't know if they're good enough to win. And I don't know if anybody that isn't somewhat established as a program that we know of uh, yet, we that that time will tell. This is the season for anybody on the outskirt major conferences if they're going to mm-hmm. win one and actually bring one home. I mean, it's the year to do it. Um, and so I feel like they're good enough with that defense and and some guys that can get the ball and score the ball when they need to score it uh, to get far, farther than they maybe have been uh, given opportunities in the past with even better teams just stacked up against better fields. So 
Um, you know, Dutcher, 750 winning percentage. I, you know, he's done an amazing job following Steve Fisher. You yeah. know, he really has, man. Because, you know, the, a program like this, in a conference like this, you follow a legend like that, it could go sideways quick. And you could have been, uh, uh, oh, yeah, man. And to have a 750 winning percentage, which is actually better than Fisher's career winning percentages at, at both mm-hmm. places, um, you know, that's impressive. And so this is a year I think that, they, they can maybe, you know, jump in and if they can get, you know, out of that first round, hey, they could be a sweet 16 team. Who knows what else is out there? You know, come March, come tournament time, there might be one of these teams that just rises up and just shows you that they're a March team and they've been waiting for this moment all year long. And they just kind of been just, you know, um, who, whoever they've been, whatever it is, whatever team that might be, Purdue um i don't know ucla we'll see there might be one of those a year like a year like this that you're talking about is great for san diego state Mm -hmm. it's bad it's bad for college basketball well it's it's not bad for college basketball if it's a great tournament and somebody comes from somewhere like a san diego state or even if gonzaga is able to finish and finally get their first one or or you know but you know it it you know, I think it's good for college basketball in the sense that when you look at where college football is, it's trying to expand, even though it looks like there's only a couple of programs at the top when these things go to where they go that even deserve to be in it. So um, I would say that if you think that this is good for, for college basketball, but can also acknowledge that the rating that not the rating, but it hasn't been a good year for college basketball. Oh no. Okay. Or it, it's on my behalf. That's all that that's yes. a point in my, in my column, because yes. without Duke, you have to have yes. these programs that draw you to the television. Yes. The Dukes, the Kentuckys, the Syracuse, UCLA, no doubt. Georgetown. You need these programs, the university, Texas, uh, uh, Arizona, you need these programs to draw you to the television to then see the organs, to mm-hmm. then see the Michigan States sure. or, or Michigan State's a big program. But I get you. To, to Iowa not, State. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. To have Houston be number one in the country does what to who for who? Like, I, it's great that Baylor's great at basketball now. It doesn't appear no one cares. Right. No, I get it. So no, that's a good point. You're right. And it it, it is. So it, it does take a toll on the um the whole kind of outlook of the tournament. You're right. I, I totally agree with that, with that outlook of it, it hasn't been good for college basketball, especially this year. Let me see if I can. Find, okay. Here we Cause go. you know, now you got North Carolina preseason. Number one went to the championship game last year. They're out of there. They're, they're, they're not even in the tournament right now. As it, as it looks, they're going to have to win the ACC tournament to get in the way it looks Duke uh, there'll be an outlier seed. You're, you're looking at like, you know, these two programs with coaches that aren't, aren't these legends that we always just associate Duke and Carolina with. Right. Um, And now they're down. You're right. Kentucky. It's an amazing, you know, even I know Calipari has the the title on the mantle and, and, you know, but it is incredible, you know, all that he, kind of just oversees and survives. Um, not a lot of Kentucky coaches in the past would have survived some of the seasons he's survived. Um, and so that that's another team that's just, you know, they beat Tennessee the other day, sure. But, um, you know, 
these blue bloods, man. Kansas is there, but you know, defending. Here's champ. your top five right now. Mm -hmm. Houston, right? Like I spoke before, Alabama, number Alabama, two yeah, in the country at basketball, yeah. Kansas, UCLA, and Purdue, number five. Purdue, mm -hmm. Purdue's good. They got that out. cyclops at center. That's you know that seven foot seven cyclops at center, man. Did you see this dude? Yeah. We're, then there's Virginia, Arizona, Texas, Baylor, Marquette with 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 San Diego State uh, being number twenty two. Uh, they're number twenty two in the in the AP, and they're mm -hmm. number twenty one in the coach. They're number twenty actually in the coaches poll. So I this is a good year for San Diego State. But like I said, in terms of the attention being able to be grabbed by one of these normal teams to get you to the television, it's been a struggle because Houston and Alabama aren't traditional powerhouses. And Kansas, though good, not great with recognizable players. So I don't know if this is a transfer portal issue or a G League issue, but there are a lot of top-level kids that are appear to be missing this year from, from uh, men's basketball, college men's basketball. So... Huh, who knows? Alabama, crazy. One of their players got arrested for murder during the year. Did you see that? And they're uh, look, man, number two in the team. Texas co coach got fired halfway through this early in the season. They're they're still in the top ten. We when we come when we come back next week, mm -hmm. hopefully they'll be more struck out on this Alabama thing because I want to talk about this this murder this murder by these two players at, at the University of Alabama because it it. It, it, this is what happens when dumb drags down stupid. <laughs> it really is. It really is. I don't know these kids, but one kid did something really dumb and made a stupid kid fall in with him. Yep. We'll be back. We'll see y'all next week. Brown Peace. and Lawhead, because we're out of time. Peace.